Hey guys, Nick here. Welcome back to another episode of the Physiology Secrets Podcast. Bit of a different episode today. Um, jumped on a Zoom call with one of our Mets membership clients, Brent. Talked through a few of his questions that he's had over the last little while in regards to his training, particularly in and around um, the whole isolation situation. So um, check out this uh, this episode. There's some really valuable stuff in there in and around um, Zone 2 training in particular, what we should be doing, mixing up some of these VO2 intervals, etc. So um, if you're interested in jumping on and having a bit of a call with us as well, let us know. Um, we'll be we'll be taking some um, some consults over the next little while and we still are available for a chat if you do want to talk anything about performance sports science how your training um, is going to change over the next little while anything we can help with um, more than happy to so get in contact with us uh, probably by email nick at metsperformance.com is the easiest way to reach me uh, to get in contact and lock in your session um, and if you want to uh, have yourself feature on the podcast as well in one of these episodes uh, feel free to let us know and we'd love to have you on so um, hopefully some of these questions are some of the questions that you might have as well and you never know uh, who else is also thinking the same thing uh, but might be just waiting for someone else to ask it so um, jump on have a listen to, to this one really good episode uh, and we look forward to doing a few more of these so i'm going to cut to uh, our chat with brent um, and we'll take it from there go for it yeah. mate. what can we what can we help with yeah, ben and... yeah not bad mate iso life's a bit uh a bit different bit funny one i think the worst the worst fever i've had's probably been cabin fever so far so yeah um, yeah, how about yourself? Yeah, pretty similar. Pretty similar. Just getting like getting the the bike and all that set up in the uh, in the lounge rooms a bit bit sort of different and um, yeah, it's just sort of been been a bit weird, hasn't it? Just like completely out of routine and working from home and as much as I do a bit of work from home, but like not yeah. being at the office and the testing and and all that's a bit bit sort of different. But um, yeah, it's one of those things. It's only going to get worse for the next couple of months from the sounds of things as well. Just like locking down even further. Wow, well, we just fine we just got, out the yeah. We were just told that the kids are doing term two at home. Yeah, okay, that's definite. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's yeah. um, that's uh, going to be a challenge. I think it'll be yeah. my wife and I'll have to figure out creatively how we uh how we cover that, especially on the days where we're both working. So yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. won't be fun. Won't be fun, yeah. but. Um, thanks for thanks for doing this. I actually reckon I was thinking about. It, I was like, how do we um, how do we keep it going? Because I think you know we've mm. sort of started um, sort of started working together, and it's it's actually working really well. And I just wanted to sort of pick your brain on how do we how do I sort of keep progressively overloading and yep. and just some ideas on different sessions. So I've so I've made some notes, and I might just sort of roll roll through yeah. those and. We'll see how we go, but we'll start with sort of the the VO two sessions. So um, I've been following following your advice, doing the, the like two to four minute efforts at ninety five percent of uh, maximum aerobic power. Um, I've found my power output is going up, so I probably started around three seventy. I'm now sort of hitting like four hundred watt efforts for mm-hmm. two minutes. Um, and I've pushed that out to, I can do, didn't, I can do nine of them. I think that's the most I've done. Yep. So if I, once I max out sort of at that 20 minute range, mm-hmm. how do I, how do we keep overloading that? So, so for example, if I'm doing, if I'm doing 10 by two, two on, two off, so two on at 400 or whatever it is, and then two minutes off sort of just float. Would I get more 
aerobic power value out of extending the interval time, i.e. making it like a two and a half minute interval with the same rest or a three minute interval and accumulating that amount of time. So I'm sort of going a bit deeper, going into a darker place for longer. Or or would I be better keeping the interval length the same and, and actually trying to push more power? Yeah, so there's a there's a couple there's a couple of ways you can can sort of work through it. I guess the the often the one that we often sort of look at is going, all right, once we're getting to sort of twenty minutes of working time, it's pretty clear that you've adapted because there's no way that you're gonna get to twenty minutes of working time at ninety five percent of VO two max straight out straight out the gate. So it's like once we get yes. to that point, you're doing six by three minute efforts at eighteen minutes or what seven by seven by three at twenty one minutes, whatever it is you have to have had some sort of adaptation. So then we look at, all right, is, is it a case of VO2 max is now higher? So the, the original wattage, like, I'm just going to throw out random numbers. Instead of writing at 380, you're writing at 400 now. Well, if your original VO2 max was 400 and 380 was your 95 without doing the math, obviously means that if you can write at 400 for 20 minutes worth of effort, your VO2 max is not at 400. It's, it's above that. So it, it all then shifts up. So then we go, all right, if you're over right at 400 watts for 20 minutes, maybe we need to lift lift the wattage a bit. That's the first place we can look. Yeah. The only thing we have to be cautious with, though, is are we actually then going to see a further benefit? So practically some athletes we do. So I'll give you the case of like in the, in the example of someone who, whose VO2 max might be at, they're, they're pretty new to, say, triathlon or cycling. The VS Max is at 270 watts to begin with. 95% of that's about 255. In the space of six to eight weeks, we might be able to get them to sort of 280, 285 watts in their efforts and then be able to do another block um, because yep. there's still scope to move. They might be able to get that VO2 max power from 270 up to 330 in the, in the space of a, a, a sort of a, I guess, a 15, 20-week cycle. Um, yep depending on their, their adaptation rate and things like that. But it's the type of thing that we might be able to continue to boost that wattage, in which case we would drop the length of the interval back down and just start again, essentially. So that's the first option. Instead of doing 20 minutes of work, we come back down, maybe do uh, 14, 15 minutes of work or even lower, you could drop it right back down to 12. Don't necessarily have to go back down to six by two minute efforts the entire time. You can go back down and do like a pyramid session or you can go back down and do four by three minute efforts, but lift the intensity. So you're not having to do okay. as much work, but the intensity has gone up. So that's that's one way we can do it. The only reason I say maybe for someone like you, a different type of training might be a bit more beneficial as a sh- sort of a short-term block to then get back into that is because it's a case of, well, are we then, for someone who's a lot higher trains, we're now talking sort of high 300s, low 400 watts. How much further can we go to be able to allow you to jump up enough? Yeah. I would probably then start thinking about is, all right, let's do a shorter block of maybe some shorter, shorter based efforts. So really go well and truly above maximal intensity. So what I mean by that is like 110% of VO2 max. So if we're thinking you can hit 400 for your 95% roughly, let's say it's probably close to guessing wise, you're probably close to 430, 440 watts maybe for 110%. Yeah. Hitting that 30 seconds on, 30 seconds off. So it'd be yeah. 30 for 30 seconds, 30 seconds off, 10 times, three-minute recovery, yep. and then go again. So what it does is it pushes you way above that 95% just to give you a different stimulus. Um, and yep. and the, main, the main reason is it's not, it's not necessarily doing anything differently from an overall. If we look at the very 
broad macro adaptations, mitochondria changes are the same in both of those types of sessions, two to four minutes on or 30 seconds on, 30 seconds off. We, we get yep. all the same cardiovascular responses, all the same VO2 responses. It's just a different session that's going to push that wattage even higher to give okay. you a different stimulus because the body's at, at a point where it needs something, needs something different. different. Yep. But also from a psychology psychology perspective the monotony of doing two minutes on two minutes off or two to four minutes in length again and again and again and again particularly in a period that we are now where it's like well if we're eventually taking away your ability to go out riding on the road and you're stuck on the trainer a lot doing the same session week in week out yeah. some guys are gonna be able to do it i personally wouldn't be able to do it and a lot of athletes nah. personally won't because it's it's just the same so this is going to give yep. you a bit of a different stimulus to get a similar effect but yeah. What we should see is a bit more of a continual progression because it's yeah. just giving you that. It, it, there is a bit of variation in there. Um, yeah. What we typically find is the higher the train you are, the more variation you need to get those fine-tuned benefits at the top. Yeah. It's funny you say that. I did a group meet-up ride with, um, with, with the guys I ride with this morning yeah. and, and, my, and the 30-minute the block where we went hard was sort of very much like those micro-intervals, that 30-30. Yeah. So at the the on efforts were probably 420 to 450 watts yep. for about Perfect. 30 seconds to roll to the front and then I'd sort of float at about 300 yep. until my heart rate recovered a little bit and then I just, as soon as my heart rate went below about 160, I'd just go again and I'd yep. sort of kept sort of propping that heart rate up to about 170, 175 and then letting it recover and I kind of, I was the way I was sort of thinking about it was I'm accumulating time at VO2. It's probably yep. not that specific, but that type of session that's that repeated drilling yep. where I'm sort of maxing out my heart rate, I figured that there'd be some sort of VO2 benefit. Yeah. And that's um, what we get from those those ten on the ten by thirty on, thirty off is is when we talk about like two the two to four minute efforts to start with the, the um, one-to-one work to rest we always talk about the, yep. the first 30 seconds or 45 seconds of that first two-minute effort for example your heart rate things are going to come up in the session so everything's catching up but it's that golden minute and a half at the back end of the interval where you're, you're mm. at 95 percent and, and even some of your responses are going above that so we get to that vo2 time um to be able to get to that perfect vo2 time we need 95 percent of max to be able to do it because then it's sustainable across multiple efforts if we lift the intensity we'll we're going to get there. It's going to take us a bit to get there because we have to go from here to there as opposed to not as far. Um, but it's a, it's the type of thing that once we get up there, we're not up there for a very long period of time, but because we've pushed the intensity so much higher, the body's having to respond to a higher level so that we recover a little bit, give it a 30 second recovery one-to-one, we get back into the interval and we haven't actually dropped off as far. So we can get back to that, VO2 point each time still. So it's just manipulating yeah. how how okay. we're getting up there. Probably the thing I would... So if I'm doing a, uh, like a... If I'm doing that sort of bunch ride, it's mm-hmm. pretty much roll as much as I physically can sort of thing. Like literally just keep pump, pushing my heart rate up as, as high as I can handle and let myself recover enough so my legs can take it. Just sort of yes, I, I, ideally I'd stay with the one-to-one. So 30 on, 30 off. And the thing yeah. I probably would tweak is... And it's, it's difficult if you're doing it in a group situation, but if you can get everyone on the same sort of page, and you might actually find you can do it anyway if you're sitting on wheels and things like that, um, yep. probably closer to about 50% VO2 max wattage for your recovery yep. block. So that'd be something yep. like four, 430 on and then 215 off as an example. 
um, yeah, which would be okay like to close enough to. Yeah, yeah, which would be fine. I mean, pretty much in a in a group situation, you think about how long it would take you to roll off the front, drop to the back, and then hook back on. You've probably only got maybe. 15, 20 seconds actually having to yeah. hold the wheel and then you're on again if you actually rotate turns yeah. going on 30 seconds. Um, yeah. It is obviously easier to do. If you're, like, if you're on a trainer, it's easier to do to nail those wattages. But if you're getting it close yeah. enough on the road, it's still going to be good. Yeah. We just want to avoid dropping. Yeah, we just want to avoid dropping even further. So like, yeah. I wouldn't be trying to drop down to 90 watts. Like, like in a two to four minute on, because you got the longer recovery, we want to drop the wattage a fair way down. Like for you, it's going to be like high 100s, low 200s anyway. But it's mm-hmm. the type of thing we don't really want to be getting less than sort of 50% VO2 max because we need yep. to keep the oxygen consumption coming in partially, in partially, if that makes sense. So we can yeah, get back cool. up to that VO2 level each time as opposed to yep. having to really struggle in the back end of the session. It's like, all right, I have to punch 480 watts to get my heart rate back up because I took yep. too much, almost too much recovery. Um, gotcha. Trying to minimise no, the drop off. That's also good. I mean, that the other thing it does too is it it, it makes this sort of training a bit more social as well. Because yeah. I think if you're going, no, I'm doing my, I'm doing my my uh, my two on two offs, and I'm doing this protocol, and then you end up yeah. riding on your own all the time. So, yeah. I mean, if I can achieve that through the that sort of micro interval stuff and mix it up, and you know, just do. But the objective of the session is get that heart rate up, yeah. push push big numbers, um, and really sort of really sort of nail myself as much as I can in yeah. that sort of twenty. Uh, I mean, it's going to be thirty minutes, but let's call it fifteen minutes of accumulated effort at VO two. Then that's sort of stimulating the right. Yeah, well, the actual the actual effort time is only going to be about ten minutes. If you do 10, yeah. 10 by thirty on thirty off three minute break and then go again you're only getting 10 minutes of actual effort so you get five minutes oh, that's in each. Right. Yeah. yeah five minutes yeah. in each block so so that, that's where you can really afford to just hammer yourself in those on periods if you are following it yeah. structured i mean you can you can adjust a bit if you want to do like one of them's a 45 second effort and then you might do 45 30 15 as long as each yeah. has got one to one work to rest and as you go down in time you go up in wattage so it's yeah. relative does that make sense so 30 on 30 up 110 percent 15 on, 15 off might be 120%. Uh, 45 yeah. on, 45 off might be 105. And then um, 60 on, 60 off might be might be 100%. Um, fitness yeah. max. Um, Interesting you, you say only, that. Yeah. I think the, the, the fittest I've been, I think the highest I got my FTP tested um, last year, I did it, was I was doing 20 by one minute on, one minute off. And the 20... The, the one minute on was at about 130% of FTP. So what's that? That's about 110% of VO2. And it was disgusting. Uh, like it, I felt like I was going to vomit. But it what was, was your so FTP at the time? What was your FTP at the time? 345. Yeah, yeah VO2 would have been like, yeah, four, yeah, uh, yeah, probably would have been 110, 120%, 450-ish yeah. watts. Yeah, yep. that's what I was I was pushing, and it was it maybe four thirty, but it just it was by about the fifteenth rep. I remember just yep. needing a bucket. It was yep. they were horrible. Mm. Um, I don't know why I stopped doing it though, because yeah. I, I had in my that it wasn't good for time going, but it really it <laughs> yeah. is. Yeah, it's oh, perfect. So that that top end of the engine, but probably probably in a session like that, like 
you get to you get to fifteen. I can understand why you're absolutely cooked by fifteen. Um, yeah. Probably just break it up, and that and that's the that's the thing. It's we have to then balance. It's all very well hammering yourself in the session, but then we have to balance. All right, what is the objective of the session? It, it's it's to try and get this aerobic benefit to stimulate mitochondria. Well, we need the recovery yeah. to be able to do that. Um, yeah. So to be able to get that, it might be a case of instead of doing twenty one minute on one minute off just straight away, you're going to do. 10 have a block of three to five minutes rest and then you do 10 again there's no harm yeah. in splitting it up it's, it's not going to yep. be better or worse if you do it in one set or two sets with a break in the middle you're still getting the same yep. accumulated time if anything with a break in the middle you're going to have more opportunity to stay bang on your wattage that you need because yeah. you're, you're fresher you're, you're keeping the quality up you can hit 430 watts every single time as opposed to all right intervals 15 16 17 18 19 20 are, 425, 420, 415, because you're just yep. cooking yourself as you go. Um, yeah. That's where, yeah, give yourself the allowance in the middle to have that recovery. Recovery is not, not a bad thing in that type of session. If we were trying to hit like 10-minute okay. efforts where uh, where you're doing like more FTP stuff, 105% of FTP, then the short recovery is okay. And, and just going back to back is all right. But it's the type of thing that if we're going right up your VO2 max, we need that. We need a bit of recovery in the middle, and you can space it out okay. because it's you're going to get there regardless. Because we're not trying yeah. to look at all right, how much can you just tolerate in this session? It's we're trying to accumulate time at VO2 max to create yeah, right. a bit adaptation and move it in another direction. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So feel, feel free to give yourself more a bit like of recovery. A, yeah, more self self uh, flagellation, a uh, bit of a bit of punishment. Yeah. Um. So. That's awesome. That sort of answers the questions around, I suppose, variety within that VO2 as well. So that's yep. really, that's awesome. So just on, so the other thing that I've been working on is I've really just been doing like my VO2 work and my my um, aerobic capacity stuff and, and nothing in the middle. Mm-hmm. So just with, um, just to understand the, the benefits with aerobic capacity, is there a greater um, magnitude of fitness stimulus or gain from working closer up near that that vt1 border or is it all sort of relatively the same no matter you know if it's if it's uh you know so my vt1 i think um riding wise is about 140 beats a minute and running was about 150 so that would equate to sort of my uh cycling my ironman pace and running would be my my marathon pace. So I suppose the question is, is there benefit in me sort of in general preparation having sessions that are sort of right up near that that border or is there no additional benefit from that? Yeah, it's it's an interesting one. It's the type of thing that in a zone two session, you can technically get away with doing anything within that zone two. So... When we when we prescribe training zones, we look at the, the spectrum of all right, fifty six percent and less your VH max is active recovery. So that's your zone one. Your zone two being up to that VT two point or VT one point that you're talking about. So that that two and a half millimoles of lactate, etc. Anything in that band, you could theoretically go out and do a let's say running zone two run and get an aerobic stimulus out of it, as long as yep. you were within that band of heart rate based on your run heart rate or your bike heart rate. Yep, and we're at least 20 minutes in length. They're really the only two minimums that you need to be hitting. Anything in there is going to provide a stimulus. 
Okay. Just a different stimulus depending where you go. Obviously, running at the top end of that, if you're pushing the limit, like if you're sitting on, we're just on the bike 140, if we're sitting on 138 beats, 139 the entire ride, it's going to be a lot more challenging than sitting at 115 beats. Same for the run, everything just everything just shifts up. So we then have to consider, all right, what's the point of going out and doing the session? What are we trying to achieve here? If we're, where I generally get most to sit for a typical general preparation sort of phase, if you like, is I get most to sit, take off sort of five, seven beats off the top end of your, your zone two and sit somewhere around there as your average for the for the session is going to be a pretty, pretty good starting point. Um, where we can be a bit more specific is then when we're racing, we can then start to think about, all right, what, what is, what is the direct demand for the race that we're heading into in the case of, um, in, in the case of Ironman, we then look at it and go, all right, what specific pace do we want to be sitting on? If I, if we've got an athlete who's four minute, four minute K pace is their, um, is their top end of their zone two, but in, in the Ironman, they know they're going to be sitting on 415, 420 instead in, a bit more middle middle of zone two. Yeah. we're going to go and train that that speed because we want to be okay. we want to be as almost battle hardened as we can at that four twenty. Just be nailing yeah. that pace. On the flip side, though, if we're a consistent four thirty runner and we want to move up to four fifteen pace, but it still all fits within our zone two, we're adding in some time up at that four fifteen as long as it's staying heart rate wise okay and ticking the boxes that's going to be beneficial, spending time there. In which case, you might then start to consider maybe some, I, I guess you could almost call them like a, like a zone two build run if you want, where it's, I might do 10 minutes at sort of low low zone two, 10 minutes middle of zone two, and then 10, five minutes at the top of zone two just to challenge myself and progress that to 10, 10, and 10, just rotating cycle. And then, yeah. you, might, then you might start to work up to 15 minutes at the top of zone two, 20 minutes, et cetera repeat those blocks of three, three or four times in your run to accumulate your hour, hour and a half, two hours, et cetera, however long you need, um, is going to give you then more and more time at the top. Is it the same stimulus and the same overall adaptations? Yes. But has it challenged your body a little bit more to just go a little bit harder? Yes. Also. Yeah. Does that make sense? So there's no, yeah. when I say there's no, from a theoretical perspective in terms of what adaptations should we see, there's no difference. From a, yep. are you going to be able to tolerate the pace better and are you going to learn the pace better? Absolutely. It's the same with VO2. Yeah. Why do we go way at the top end of the spectrum? Well, it's going to teach you to ride it, like we just said, 430 watts. That makes 360 watts a hell of a lot easier. It makes 330 a lot easier. Same from a yeah. zone two perspective. We run at the top and like it's, you don't want to be doing it all the time. Like it's, it's really easy temptation to go, all right, I'm just going to sit bang on the top of my zone two every run, yeah. every ride. Yeah. I think you get injured all the time. that though. You cook yourself, yeah. Because yeah. you have to then be careful of, all right, if I go out for an hour and a half at the top end, if I actually need to do two hours of riding and I get an hour 45 in and go, oh, heart rate's starting to drift, it ends up becoming 15, 20 minutes of tempo at the end of your, end of your ride. And now it's mm. we're, we're getting a different stimulus there again. So that's where the fatigue will start to come in mostly. Yeah. Um, yep. Particularly though, if you're not used to running or riding at that pace at the top end, you, you just got to build it progressively as well. So yeah. I guess overall, at the moment, I'd be just going, basically keep a bit of variety in, add some upper, add some lower, middle, zone two, but I wouldn't yeah. be so strict on it at the moment given that there's no immediate racing. If we were talking, you're racing in four weeks, well, yeah, you want to be hitting as close to target pace if you if you like, but top, yeah. close to that upper end of zone two. Um, yeah. Given that you've got the time, I'd be saying let's go 
more that sort of middle. There's no real reason to overcook yourself from a volume perspective. Um, yep. We actually did a podcast on it the other week where we were talking about like periodization around lockdowns and things like that. And it's really the key part is going to be maintaining your high intensity stuff and then just ticking, ticking along the aerobic capacity stuff in the background, the zone two stuff as you need. Yep. Don't necessarily yeah. need to be big, big Ks or anything because one, we're not going to be able to get out and do it. Sitting on a trainer for three hours is going to be a pain. But then it's the type of thing that as long as you maintain that and do hour, hour and a half, you do bits and pieces here and there, if you've kept the intensity in, we get back into full training mode, you can go and do whatever you need to do and races are coming yep. back. That building the volume is going to happen a little bit more progressively and a little bit faster progressively than if you yep. were just to hammer the volume now, cook yourself, have to take a bit of a dip off and then get back into it. You may as well just, all right, let's just back the volume off, keep the intensity up there, maintain as much adaptation as you can from a long slow by doing something because yep. when we start to build the volume back, when we're able to go out and ride, do those big rides, etc., and it's also going to be more specific in the progression to a race where we know where we have to be ready for it as opposed to now it's like, well, Musso's still on at the end of the year at this stage, but who knows later in the middle of the, like middle of the year it's if anything's going to happen. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I, I sort of look at it from the perspective of you can mix it up a bit. What's then specific for racing? But if we don't have racing, then it's a case of doing anything in that zone two is still going to be beneficial. I'd yeah, still, cool. I'd still use all use all ends of the spectrum in that zone two. Use it to your advantage. Yeah. Because the only so way my head move it up is, is by sitting at that top end. It's the only way you can sort of nudge it. Yeah, which is what I was keen to do. Sort of my long, easy run where I sort of sit on about a hundred and sort of hundred and thirty heart rate. I'm sort of ticking along around four twenty at the moment. Yep. Um, what I was thinking was if I had one run, like a shorter aerobic capacity run, maybe like a 10K once a week where I actually sort of pushed that border, then I'd, have, I'd be able to sort of over time just sort of shave a few seconds off that that yep. that easy pace and sort of get yep. that down to maybe 4.15-ish. Yeah, so and that that's that all becomes... it is. Yeah, it's just it's that shaving those couple of seconds off per K. It's not going yeah. to be the, the big chunks of time, but it's going to be the type of thing that, I mean, yeah, if you're more comfortable now, even like if 4.15 pace still is a zone two run, but it's 135 mm. beats as opposed to 130 beats, it's still going to yeah. be more challenging, but it's still giving you an aerobic adaptation. You kind of win yeah. in all areas. Um, but, yeah, yeah st- start with something like, yeah, just go out and do 40 minutes of 135 as opposed to going out and doing an hour and a half of 130. Um, yeah. to start with and it, it doesn't have to be a lot because it is going to be a bit of a shift like anything if you the first time you do vo2 intervals you're just like what the hell are these these are killing me yeah and then you get better yep. at them and now you're like oh i can push a bucket load more power so i have to do something different same thing yep. with zone two you, you've got to find that yep. a little bit but we can't just go hour and a half at 135 because you blow yourself up about an hour in you yeah you, it's you, probably you not there yeah, it's not the heart and lungs that are the problem. It's the your legs. Yep. Pretty much, you yep. know, um, they it's it's. So my thinking was this is actually teaching the the other component really. It's probably the muscular endurance at that that workload. Yeah. Um, yep. and that's sort of where I also had in mind that kind of that zone two border on the bike where you're kind of drilling, not drilling, but you're kind of holding well for me that's sort of around 270 maybe 280 at the moment yeah um will sit me on that border and then just teaching myself doing it one session a week but just sort of teaching myself teaching the body 
that this will be all day pace. Yep. By December. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. And that and that's like I said, if we're looking at December being being the main goal, we've got time. So there's no real reason to be to be sort of rushing that. Like progress it as slow as you need because the last thing you want is overcook it for too long, do too much of oh. pushing the limit, yeah. and then and by June your your body's wrecked. Um, yeah. And there, there's not much we can do because. Yeah, like it's not much we can do at the moment anyway, but it's the type of thing. It's like then, then you go right. Probably have to have June, July, pretty much off to get myself back right. And now we've got yep. three months till race day, and we've we've lost a lot of adaptation because we've actually yeah. backwards. So that's just what you want to avoid. So you just got to be careful about the volume. But um, it's yep. the type of thing. Yeah, gotcha. I, I would start adding a bit of it in. The last one. Thanks for that. That's good. It's sort of. Um, I think I've had a lot of time to think about it. Being in. Yep. The- yeah. sitting at home got nothing else to think about yeah. exactly exactly the other thing i started to sort of think about was so when i'm doing specific prep if i'm doing say a specific can't talk specific prep for like a like a 10k or a half ironman or a, or a marathon and you're kind of dialing in that that race pace um so they're all i'd look at those and think well all those paces are essentially different thresholds that i can they're work outputs I can hold for a certain amount of time in training what so we talk about sort of accumulating up to 20 minutes for uh for our vo2 right Mm -hmm. as a um what do we do for a um so I'm just going to plug in um losing power um what do we do for like a say like a half marathon so Mm -hmm. I've heard some you know the old the old school coach is sort of saying two thirds of the distance at race pace, but you sort of split that up. You might split that up into three or four different intervals. Yep. That would be your sort of your peak type of session. Um, so for a half marathon, it might look, it might look like sort of accumulating 12 or 13 kilometers over the course of a few intervals, maybe, maybe might be three, four K efforts or four, three K efforts or something like that at race pace with a with a really short rest as as like you sort of that you know you're building up to being able to do i don't know something like if you did three four for say for a half marathon like three 4k efforts with a with a short float might be a three or four minute float um at half marathon pace or for a marathon something like you know four four six K efforts at marathon pace with one K sort of flow between what as as the peak session, what's what are your sort of thoughts around that yeah, type of it's work? an interesting one. So I mean there's there probably is a bit of merit in working that way. It's not the way I personally pro program or work because that's I, I don't necessarily come for that sort of I guess traditional run coaching background like if you look at if you look at what some of those some of those more old school coaches are doing like they're still producing some decent results so there is a bit of merit in it when you look at the session from an overall perspective though it's achieving the same adaptation as what 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 we would be trying to achieve anyway is that it's race like or race specific intensity minimum recovery or shorter recovery and then we're back into it and you're teaching the body just to tolerate um it's a bit of fatiguing partially out bit of fatigue in again partially out so you in a race circumstance it's just fatigue in sits there ideally just sort of flat lines and it's not accumulated yeah. accumulate. yes you will get more and more fatigue towards the end but 
it's the type of thing that we want to sort of slow that accumulation if we can. Um, so really, like when I say there's no there's no right or wrong, there's no like definitive rule of you must complete, and, and that's probably where I don't like the the two thirds sort of metric. It's like you must complete two thirds of your race distance at your your race speed in bunch of intervals. It's like well, you don't, you may not necessarily have to depending on what else you've done and where you're at. If we've got, like, if I've got an athlete who's really, really good at tolerating fatigue, but their, their VO2 stuff isn't, isn't great, we're probably going to push a little bit higher than their sort of threshold, do some shorter-based efforts to get the workload up because they can tolerate yeah. it, but try and get a bit of a mix of the VO2 stuff and actually maybe do that a bit longer. And then we may not yeah. have a chance at the back end of the program to build build some of that two-thirds time anyway because we just don't have enough yeah. weeks in the program. But the fact yeah. that they did more VO2 stuff is going to be more specific to them because we've actually changed the size of their engine. They've, they've, they're trying to squeeze seven cylinders into a V6 engine as it is because they're really, really, really well-tuned and tolerating. They're really, really good at the race-specific stuff. But yeah. they're trapped because they can't go any faster. And that's the issue. The hand, we take the handbrake off by giving them VO2 and it changes it. On the flip side, we give somebody who's got really good VO2, they're going to need more time at the tolerance aspect because it's it's just looking at strengths and weaknesses. So then we go, all right, maybe instead of spending eight weeks pre-race doing the race-specific stuff, we might do a block of 12, which might give us time to work up, like I said, maybe closer to that two-thirds. I don't specifically yeah. calculate that. I just look at it and yeah. go, all right, we just need to accumulate a little bit more, a little bit more time working at race-like intensity. Um, yeah. One way we sort of work around it from, a, I guess, fitting those types of sessions in as well um, is it's the type of thing you wouldn't really want to be doing it week in, week out. Like I, I wouldn't necessarily be recommending each week we have some sort of run that is accumulating up to that two-thirds time if you were to follow that. Um, something that we do quite often for marathon, half marathon, or even sort of Ironman 70.3 as well, is have a run maybe every second week as opposed to doing it, instead of going out and doing a three-hour zone two run on a Saturday, you might go out and do hour 45, but you've got a 20-minute, a 15-minute, and a 10-minute sort of threshold, just sub-threshold effort in there, um, which is going to be that sort of tolerance aspect. Gotcha. It's going to give you hour 45 worth of work. That's going to be a hard session. You think about 20 minutes sitting basically just under threshold, sort of almost a tempo borderline sub threshold if you want to call it um sort of intensity 10 minutes 20 minutes on 10 minutes off and then you're straight into a 15 minute effort at ideally a slightly quicker pace seven and a half minutes off and then 10 minutes on five minutes off you're yeah. not going to be able to tolerate much more than that anyway yeah. because when we scale it back for our let's let's say probably marathon's a better example majority of people other than the elites if we put them aside majority of people are going to sit top into zone two maybe a bit, bit into their tempo sort of range same as what you yep. do for a 70.3. You're going to sit upper of zone two, bottom of zone three. Um, yep. So by doing doing this stuff at sort of threshold, we lift the intensity a bit. It means we don't have to do as much volume. It's like what we talked about before with the VO2 stuff. We do 30-second efforts compared to four-minute efforts. You, don't have, you lift the intensity, but we don't have to do as much working time. We've only got 10 minutes of working gotcha. time as opposed to 20. So yep. it then becomes a case of, all right, well, if we're talking about two-thirds of distance is what we have to accumulate, we've now kind of blown that out of the water with the fact that well, if I just go harder for a shorter period of time and have a short recovery, I can make up a decent amount of tolerance. But if I go slower and have maybe short recovery as well, 
I can also build up a bit of tolerance, but which one is then going to be more specific to what the athlete needs? Um, and then also based on the race. So if we've got, if you're going and doing Ironman, well, maybe doing the, the more tempo-y type runs where you're doing maybe a 30-minute piece, 15-minute recovery, like jogging, jogging or float type recovery and then um, 30 minutes on again is going to be more specific for Ironman because it's longer, but you're also sitting tempo a little bit lower anyway. If we're looking at a half marathon, you want to be sitting, you want to be doing some efforts up at threshold so that that threshold, sub-threshold yeah. stuff makes a lot more sense on race day and it's a lot more comfortable. So yep. that's how we then sort of adjust it. Like, like I said, there's, it's, a, it's a difficult one to be like, here's, here's the textbook answer and that's what everyone does because it's, there's so many different paths to get to the same point. Um, yeah, and, and like I said, I, I almost it's almost better when it's open because it you can start to see what works, what doesn't. Um, some things that like guys have done that I'm not going to necessarily say it's scientifically proven to work, but it has worked. Is like for a like for a sprint distance triathlon or Olympic distance triathlon, we've had guys go and do like one session was uh, we're doing one k repeats with him, and instead of doing um, instead of doing five one k repeats, we did where was it? Uh, I'm trying to think of the race now. Might have been, I think it was a sprint, but instead of doing like five 1K repeats, I think we did like six or seven because the actual race, it was a weird like seven and a half K run. It was a strange distance. Um, and so we did like, we did seven 1K repeats at threshold or 105% of threshold because what we wanted him to do is be able to really tolerate as high a possible pace as you could 1K repeats again and again and again. But the race distance was 7Ks or 7.5Ks, so hence why we did 7. There was yep. no science behind it. We just kind of went, how much do we have to run? How much can you tolerate in that session? In the case of 7Ks, yeah, you could probably tolerate that in a single session. If we're doing 42Ks yep. in a marathon, different story. You're not going to want to go out and do 42Ks of threshold work. So yeah, maybe no. the two thirds is a bit closer benchmark, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily be fixated on doing the maths of, of what's going to be better than what, because three k efforts, four k efforts, five k efforts, six k efforts, you could do any of them, because your pace is going to adjust accordingly. There's no way you're going to be able to go out and hold if you do five five k repeats, as in like five five kilometers on, recover five kilometers on. You're not going to be able to hold the same intensity as if you did 3K repeats. No, correct. So, so this is where it's like, well, how do I want to benefit from this session? Do I want to get, am I getting a plateau somewhere? If you're getting a plateau in those 5K repeat sessions, all right, maybe try some 3K repeats instead and lift the pace. Yep. Might give yourself the same work to rest ratio. So three to three to one or two to one, whatever it may be. Like it's like, let's say it's like 12 minutes on, six minutes off, or you might do 12 minutes on, four minutes off, whatever you, whatever you can handle. Um, yep. But because you're doing a 3K piece, you can lift the intensity. That's going to give you a bit better tolerance because you're working a bit harder in that period. Um, it's going to inevitably have a little bit more fatigue and leads in that period. Um, go the longer side of things, you're going to have to naturally drop the pace. So like I said, there's no, there's no real hard, fast rule. It's a, it's okay. the type of thing I, I always kind of like to joke about that if we're talking race specific stuff, the only real, the, the really specific stuff is just going and racing. I mean, you could go yep. and just race and race and race and you get race fit extremely quickly. It's like yep. ridiculous. Um, like there's, there's a bunch of guys, like one of the guys that uh, Luke used to coach was a, a gun triathlete. He still is. Um, broke four hours at Geelong. 
he used to, for one, one or two seasons, he was just going, all his bike training would be like, he'd go out into his own two ride, but then he'd go and just race crits like three times a week. Yeah, right. Because it's an hour of threshold on the limit and his cycling was just ridiculous because he could just mm-hmm. tolerate the, the living darts at it. Racing is the most specific. Um, outside of that, then it's a case of, right, we just need to do something that's going to push us reasonably hard for a period and then like a six, seven out of 10 and then get a short recovery. So then we have to struggle through the next one. Yeah, you really have to do. Um, gotcha. How you make that up, basically, do whatever you like, really. Right. So don't get too hung up on 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 that. Really, just progressively overload the body, teach it to tolerate yeah. more, yeah. push the limits pretty, out. Pretty much. And then it's just like I said, it just comes down to a case of like, what's the specificity behind you trying to push the body? Like, are you? If we're trying to push the body from an Ironman perspective, well. Pushing the body may, is going to look very different. It might be a case of, all right, I'm going to go out and do, I'm going to do a big big bike session on the on the Saturday, do a run off the bike for 45 minutes, Sunday morning, get up, big hour 45 run, first thing in the morning, sort of mid to upper zone two to really stress it. And then yeah. finish, finish the weekend, you're going to come back Sunday afternoon at five o'clock. The last thing you want to do on the weekend is run again, but you come back and do half an hour at sort of mid zone two. Because yep. that's going to stress the body as if you're in a, in a race where you've gone from six in the morning, you're finishing at four or five o'clock in the afternoon, whatever it happens to be. Yeah. And you have to just keep keep running. It's just one foot in front of the other. We don't really care almost how yeah. quick you're going at that point. It's I'm getting to the finish. Um, compared to a half marathon where it's like, all right, we're just doing a fresh half marathon. Let's go out and do some really high intense quality efforts because that's going to help lift the pace. Yeah. But you don't want to get stuck running a half marathon at your marathon pace, you want to be running significant way quicker. And if anything, yep. let's try and go a little bit faster than that again. Um, so yep. we want to be going at and well above race intensity to get the speed into legs. Um, gotcha. This is the type of thing you look at, you look at some of the, even some of the old school coaches that, I mean, some of the, the principles that they're using aren't any different. They're just doing it a different way. Like we don't, we don't necessarily go and prescribe, oh, we're going to go to the track and do 400s. Um, we we might be a bit more strict on all right we're going to use times and um pacing and heart rates and things like that but that's this their version of their speed work if you want to call it they might go and do 400s or 800s when you think about it though what are they doing in an 800 like an 800 meter effort or the old 1k repeat session which we use a bit anyway but an 800 session they're probably having a short recovery might be 800 on 60 90 seconds off it's like well all right you have a two to one three to one work to rest you've worked yeah. pretty much at threshold or maybe just above threshold that's that's all you need to be able to get that tolerance yeah. in the legs but because you've done 800 you're able to hold 105 110 percent of threshold yeah they go out yeah. and do a 15 minute effort they're not holding that same pace they're holding sub threshold and then you go yep. a bit longer again you hold more of a tempo it just then provides a very different way of intolerating so it comes back to that whole like muscular endurance it's like well, what do you need do we need more tempo middle of zone three or do we need more zone three upper zone three maybe just above yeah threshold? yeah and just picking and, and then you can mix them like it, it's not the type of thing that all right i'm racing here so i have to use the bottom end of zone three in all yeah. my intensity sessions it's like well you can use some of that higher stuff because that's going to help yeah or if you're racing up here you can use some of the lower stuff because that is also going to help as well so yep. three's kind of a do as you like, almost, with a bit of structure. But yeah, there's probably an really argument for Ryan Man running that 
you're that fatigued by the time you get to the run that you literally just need endurance in your legs to to much. to get through it. I mean, it's yeah, apart from pros, you're going to be red. pretty much running a zone two run anyway. So it's at that point, Correct. it's like go out, go out and do a zone two run. Just That's go run specific. for as long as yep. you can. Yeah, pretty much. Um, yeah, so I think even even in a half to um, to my recent experience tells me that yeah, you probably start out at that pace and. Um, but you know, after a while of cramping, um, dehydration, all that sort of stuff kicks in, then yep. ultimately you you just need the endurance in your legs to get home. So, yep. um, I suppose best endeavours to hold the pace, but ultimately yep. it's an endurance base. So, and that's the type yeah. of thing if we're looking at if we're looking at like a seventy point three and and, and cramping. Other than dehydration and any causes from there, it's it's a case of well, if you don't have the muscular endurance in your legs, that's also one of the causes of potential cramping. So if if you go out and go, oh, I'm going to hold four minute K pace on my run at seventy point three, but your body can only handle four fifteens, very quickly you are going to start to blow up. And your body's way of telling you to stop essentially and recover is to just yep. stop processing. So. Yes, if I know that also. Cause, if, that, if that's going to be a cause of cramping, calves seize up. It's like, well, if my calves are seizing, seizing up, it's my body telling me, do not do any more work. I need to yeah. stop and recover because I've gone too hard. It's a really yep. easy one that a lot of people go, oh, is it something to do with my sodium? Is it something to do with hydration? Things like that. Maybe. Did you overexert though? Quite often, Maybe. you can tick that box and be like, if we've overexerted based on how we trained, yep. yeah, absolutely. And this is, and again, yep. coming back to that, that zone two conversation we had before. If you practice going up or zone two, and then on a seventy point three, you want to race a bit more of that sort of, I guess, tempo, if you like, just above zone two. And by the time you get to the run, yeah, yeah, let's practice top of zone zone two in a bit from our running, for, but also let's do a bit of that sort of tempo, more of that tempo stuff than maybe what we've done previously, because that's going to help yep. sort of just harden the legs. Um, yeah, it's just specificity, really. It's the it's very basic principle of training. It's got, there's nothing fancy scientific about it in terms of what it is. Principles of training, specificity, overload, um, frequency, variety, all these factors, uh, intensity, all these factors have stood true for decades. I mean, nothing yep. really changed revolutionary out of it. And that's why I say there's no real, there's often a bit of disconnect between sort of old school, new school, if you want to call it that. But I mean, the principles of governing it all is pretty similar. It's just then how you get to the end goal. Yeah, making slightly different paths. Yeah, and our ability to actually measure uh, physiologically Correct. what's going on, power meters yeah. and all that sort of stuff, we've, it's we've, made it yeah. a bit more scientific. Yeah. Benefit benefit of um, new technology and, and new ways of looking at things. Um, but then also, I mean, it's a classic case of hindsight's twenty twenty. You said look at look at some of the stuff that they were doing in the eighties and the seventies and the sixties. Even it's just like compared to what people think of training now and high performance, it's almost polar opposites just mm. because we've had we've, we've got the ability to look back and be like well what they're doing in the 60s probably wasn't really right let's do a little bit better um at the time they didn't have it's the same now like if we do something now that we go yeah this is amazing 15 years time we might be completely wrong because um there's a better way of doing it um yeah two to four minute efforts for vo2 the best is it actually three and a half minute effort is the ideal that we want to be working to how fine-tuned can we get it well there's probably scope to move that but we don't have the, the research or the technology to be able to understand it just yet yep. um, gotcha. so there's always that next little bit of we can we can always sort of tweak it but 
it's the type of thing that, like I said, I wouldn't get, I wouldn't get hung up on those dead principles. There's always flexibility and stuff. It's just how you then apply, like I said, the basics of training, specificity, progressive overload, yeah. intensity, volume, etc. And specificity being yeah, cool. key one. Yeah. Awesome. As specific as you can, the better. Yeah. Awesome.